I had a couple of thoughts um, when Ed asked me to share. Um, and just immediately thought of how God's faithfulness and just providing for me and just protecting me. And um, I just wanted to share Psalms 147. It says, Praise you, the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. The, the Lord does build up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcast of Israel. He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. He tells the number of the stars, and he calls them by their name. Great is our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the meek. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God. And that's like what, you know, my heart expresses things towards God and just the season where I am at and, you know, he heals my broken heart when I'm cast down and um, he is, his word is very quickening. Um, and it's just an awesome thing to experience, you know, just the, the love of God and his, his, his word active in our, in my life. And, um, so I just wanted to share, um, Philippians, um, Philippians one twenty seven. it says only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ that wh whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. And, you know, I read, um, I was reading chapter two and just some words and I was just very encouraged, you know, this portion of scripture and how Paul wanted the Philippian church to um, experience oneness and this unity of having one mind and how us, we can all be in harmony and in unity, if we have that one mind, you know, we're actively um, seeking Christ and we can have the, the mind of Christ and we can all participate in fellowship, which has to do with Christ. Verse 1 of chapter 2 says, If there be therefore any consolation, and it's um, really an exhortation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and, and mercies, the um, if any comfort of love, that love that we are comforted with is the love of God. So the God is the cause of us being able to comfort each other. If any fellowship of the Spirit, what an incredible thing for each of us to, be, to have the opportunity to lay aside any other interest for the benefit of all of us coming together so that we can have that one mind. In verse 2, it says, Fulfill you my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And, you know, I just, you know, we're family here. For those of us that, you know, live here and this is all we have, you know, there's no hiding behind. Well, I guess, yeah, you could hide, but eventually we're going to be real with each, each other. So I hope, you know, and this is, you know, this is family for, for us. So 
fulfill ye my joy that you be like minded having the same love being of one accord of one mind and that's just like my desire for us to be one here and which I have experienced and I'm very thankful to have each of you guys here um, verse 3 says let nothing be done through strife or vain glory and I looked up the word through and in the Greek it indicates um, the state of mind so it shows a motive of the action let nothing be done through strife and and strife it implies the the word faction and it denotes ambition or self-seeking rivalry so self will will always be an underlying idea in that word so when we come to the local assembly how is our mindset you know are we thinking of self you know is that all we're here for or are we here to lay everything aside for each individual here um, so that we can experience that oneness. Let no nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. And this, this portion six through, I think, nine, um, gives us the perfect example of living a, a humble life in humility. In verse 6 talks about Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not ro robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in, in fashion as, as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And it's just like, wow you know, this example that Christ was for us, you know, we can live in submission to God and experience that, you know, Christ's obedience is is a very humbling self is laid aside, you know, in every um, thought for the benefit of the individual. And that just, like, really encouraged me to like stop being selfish in my own thoughts and you know coming here I'm not coming just for myself but I know that you know every joint supplies kind of thing um and so that just really encouraged me so in, in Proverbs chapter 31 and when I was reading these and and thinking of godly women and of course we're, we, uh, we're thinking of a certain individual here. And of course, I always, when I, when I read these, I always think of, think of my wife too. In Proverbs 31, verse 10, it says, Who can find a virtuous woman? Who can find her? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he will have no need of spoil. Boy, there's nothing like a godly woman. There's nothing like a feminine godly woman who knows how to function in her proper place, a place that a husband couldn't fulfill and never was designed to do so. You know, a lot of things, the home, the home, literally the home life, 
is a major result of, the, of a woman functioning properly in her place, in a proper image, in a home. And, and it can have an effect, a huge effect. Her price is above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her. He doesn't ever have to worry about being spoiled or anything that she would do to spoil him in any way. Even in the midst of his failures, she wouldn't. She'd never have a negative or a bad word to say. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ship. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. And this is not just dealing with food. It's talking about her, the very Christ life in her flowing out and her whole, her husband, starting with her husband to her children and anyone else that would come into the home, that's what her portion is towards them. She considers a field and she, she buys it. She considers this field. She takes it, and which, is a, which is an amazing thing. And with the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. And that speaks of a life. That the woman's life is, is like a vineyard because she's attached to Christ. She knows in John 15, 1 to 5, she can't do a single thing without Christ. That's what makes it so vital for her to constantly submit to Christ and submit as the scriptures teach us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 and Colossians chapter 3 and verse 18 to submit to the husbands. But notice what it says like Christ, and as it is fit in the Lord. That's why we teach that the home life is so very vital to growth. That's why the Bible teaches for, for a mother and a, and a father, their conduct, how they behave, their language in the home speaks volumes. It's not so much what that precious mom or that precious, precious wife would say it is her conduct it is her character the character of Christ coming out through her in a proper image that will teach her children to constantly teach them to never berate them ever but to constantly build them up in who they are in Christ and she will do that functioning in a proper place as she submits to Christ and Christ himself works out in her submitted will his good pleasure. She girds her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. This is a beautiful picture of a woman understanding her place, submitting to a godly head, and understanding she, that there's a spiritual warfare going on. And I'm going to tell you where it starts. Folks, we can see the problem with our youth today, I'm going to tell you, it's not the Sunday school, and I am all for them. You never even see it in the scriptures. The Sunday school's the home. That's where they're to be taught. And it's not what the parents say. It's their conduct 
that teaches far more than anything else. And so she'll understand in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 17, spiritual warfare. You'll see where her loins are girt. You'll see where above everything, even in a busy schedule, she'll put Christ first. And in doing so, she submits lovingly, but as it is fit to her husband. She never has to submit to a husband that, that abuses. And we make it clear, the scriptures teach it in 1 Peter chapter 3, in those first 10 verses, how even when the husband doesn't function in a proper headship and still growing, the wife is never left without a provision. Christ himself, when the headship, which is brought out in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3, the head of every man is Christ. Did you know that? Not just every Christian. You're going to see it. He has the last say on every single human being because the Father gave all judgment to the Son in John chapter 5 and verse 22. But the head of every man, especially in Christianity, especially in this church age, this dispensation of grace, the head of every man is Christ. The head of the woman is, is the man. The head of Christ is God. But when that headship is missing from the husband, the wife still has a provision. She can still function in all of these things because Christ will bypass the husband and be her head so that she doesn't. And, and here's the thing for any of us. There's never any, and we're all growing, and I'm growing, and we're all growing. There's never any irritation in grace. Never. There just, just isn't. And, uh, but she can submit to Christ. And, and you watch. And then even her behavior, her lifestyle, because we read it when he read their conversation. Conversation is, literally means lifestyle. It's how you live. It's your character coming out through a proper image in a proper place. And so it says here, she girds, in 31.17, she girds her loins with strength. Of course, that's always grace, isn't it? When I'm weak, I'm strong. In 2 Corinthians 12.9, he gives grace. And a lot of times, especially for us as men, he has to give us a thorn. Because he, he'll give us great revelations and truth. But when we take them and leave him in dependence on him for even those truths, we make it about ourselves and we need. And you know what the thorns do. They protect the rose, their protection. And Paul needed it. My God, if an apostle needed it. <laughs> He had that potential. And by the way, those thorns were potential. That was the anticipative love of God and his prevenient grace. And thank God for that. Can always submit to that. May not know everything. I don't. But I do know even the grace that I'm not experiencing, it's still prevenient. And prevenient grace is the grace that God is unchangeably, even when my will hasn't received it. He still functions in it and he's waiting to be what? In Isaiah 30, 18, to be gracious. She perceives that her merchandise is good because we know that only goodness comes from God. Her candle goes not out by night. And the candle there, and if we understand the scriptures in Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts. We get so occupied with the outward, don't we? And what is he occupied with? What does he desire to be occupied with? The inward 
Her candle doesn't go out by night. She lays her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow. <laughs> how about that one? Well, I, <laughs> you want to talk about a call. I don't know how many people are called by weather. Like, like God uses weather to call people. I, I always thought it was the word. I think this is incredible. Look at this one. She is not afraid of the snow for her household. Isn't that wonderful? For all her household, it says, are clothed with scarlet. Scarlet, they, when this says in the Hebrew, she double covers them with this beautiful color of scarlet. And scarlet is a beautiful color when we think about it in the portion that Christ is. Because scarlet, scarlet is made up of blue and red. Blue always speaks of heavenly. The, the blood always speaks of sacrifice. And when her view is heavenly, her Christ, and he's her head, it's always about sacrifice for others. She covers them with that. Oh, how important the word of God is. She makes herself covering of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Boy, I wish silk, the smoothness, the beauty and the smoothness, the feminine. Really, it's what it's talking about, the feminine. And purple. Purple, the majesty, the, the, the beauty, the reigning. Royalty, it speaks of because of her head. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. You know what they say? Oh, look at that guy. What a wife he has. What a woman he has. Oh, my God. Boy, is that guy blessed. Boy, is he blessed. She makes fine linen and sells it and delivers girdles unto the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. Isn't that awesome? Strength, grace, and honor. And she will rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with what? Wisdom. And in her tongue is the what? It's the law of kindness. She looks well to the ways of her household. Woman's place, by the way, huge, irreplaceable. And eats not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her what? Blessed. Oh, she's blessed. Her husband also, and he what? Oh, he praises her. He constantly is building her up. Many daughters have done virtuously, but she excel them all. Favor is deceitful. Falsely, obviously, and beauty is vain because that's going to not be there. But a woman that reverences and trusts and trembles in humility at the Lord shall be praised, not only for now, for all eternity. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. This is going into her eternity and this is going into her individual fellowship that she will exchange with Christ in Revelations 2 and verse 17, for all eternity, in a way that no one else will experience but her and Christ. Happy birthday, Cynthia. We love you. So, Father, thank you for this time, for the words that Jeriel spoke, and for the sacred time that we have to come together to hear your word as a local assembly here. And thank you, Father, you said with two or three, 
are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst, that you actually consider at a local assembly when who's ever gathered, whatever that number is, when they're gathered around you, Lord, Christ, and as Jadiel shared, this true fellowship. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.